just like for all the information when it comes to Tennessee athletics, especially football, basketball, you name it, you can go to 99.1, excuse me, 991thesportsanimal.com as we're joined this hour by Vince Farrar. Vince, how are you? I am good, gentlemen. Hope you are. Yes, sir. So you've got all kinds of things going on. Tennessee getting ready for the trip to Kentucky. The Volunteers taking a run at a third straight win and a 500 record. Uh, What do you think about this team with what they've done winning three of their last four? Well, it's been impressive, and I think the fact that they were able to win that UAB game without necessarily looking like they took another big step forward in the way they've played but still won that game handily tells you how this team has improved and how the standards have now been raised for what we expect from them. Uh, they, you know, they did enough to talent their way to a victory. Uh, I think that it, it, for the first time in a while, we haven't really seen them. We didn't really see them take a, a step forward in their overall play still much better than we saw earlier in the year. And maybe not even necessarily a step back, but just sort of leveled off. But I, I think that they've put themselves in obviously in a great position to get the post to postseason, and for a bunch of reasons, that's necessary for this program. And they're still doing some of the fundamental things that are encouraging the fans. They play hard, they tackle well overall, and although still things to to bring up and, and question and, and feel like they can do better at at the line of scrimmage, they're, they're still competitive at the line of scrimmage. And those are all things that were question marks about this team going into the year. And you know, for the most part, they've also gotten at least competent quarterback play. Not spectacular, but I think this team has enough ability in, in a lot of areas where they don't have to be spectacular in any areas. I I think this is a solid football team, but I don't think I think there's still room for improvement. Uh, but they they don't for them to beat the teams that they have and the teams that are in front of them. They don't have to be spectacular. They just need to be solid and not beat themselves. And for the most part, during the stretch, we've seen them do that. Vince, why do you think this defensive line? has continued to improve because at the beginning of the year they weren't very good against Georgia State, and and they have come around to where they're playing pretty good football up front. What, what do you think the key is there? Well, I, I think Tracy Rocker deserves a lot of credit, and you heard how Aubrey Solomon was uh, you know, raving uh, about Coach Rocker and how he looks at him as a father figure and the, that motivation. He's, he's tough. Boy, he is tough on those players, but – much like the the most successful coaches, they're really, really tough and demanding. They'll put their arm around you and show you they, they love you and care about you too. And I think that helps uh, coaches that are really tough on their kids get the most out of their players because they respond to them and they're able to take that good coaching, their tough coaching. Not everybody can. I think so Solomon has come along. I think that's a big part of it. I think you've seen individual improvement. Jimmy, I just think they're more physical than than they were early in the year. Early in the year, I didn't feel like they had the a, the get off off the snap to strike their their opponent and get after them. 
And maybe that's a confidence thing. Maybe they started doing a little thing, so they started having success, and then they had more confidence, and it sort of feeds itself, you know, chicken or the egg type of thing. But I do think it's the physicality there at the line of scrimmage, and just like we've talked about for the offensive line, that mentality of being physical and wanting to dominate your opponent and finish your opponent that's not something that you can just start saying one day. A coach can start saying, all right, here's what we're going to do now. Do it. it. It takes time for you to develop that, and maybe you have to have some tough lessons along the way. I think Tennessee had those tough lessons early in the year. So that physicality has led to it more success, and with more success, I think they've gained confidence. I don't think there's a star in that group, but, again, I don't think they – to do what they're doing now, they don't have to have stars to ultimately win division and conference championships like fans want. You have to have some stars on that D line. But for right now, for what they're trying to accomplish and set the foundation for this program and have success this year, uh, guys playing up to their potential is the biggest thing. And a number of guys, you can go through them, have improved. And I think it starts with the physicality and those fundamentals of how to be physical and successful. Before we go to the phones, we have two Tennessee basketball teams, both Tennessee basketball teams in action tonight with their first games of the year. Just a quick thought on both uh, Coach Barnes' team as well as Coach Harper's squad. Yeah, UNC Asheville was a, a team that really struggled last year big time, but you know, with only four wins of 4-27, and 27, but just uh, talked to Coach Oliver today, and he said they're a completely new team, and you know they they have they feel good about the players that they have brought in to sort of redo their roster, and so they'll they'll be a team that you know will shoot the three. Uh, Jalen Johnson, who will, will be my pregame interview on the Vol Network, uh, he mentioned that he knows one of those players over there at Asheville, so uh, there's there's some familiarity there as well. Uh, the Tennessee got to defend the three and then I think rebound better. That's the, those are the couple of things that I think will be important for that. You want to see them the do some of the fundamentals uh, in this game, box out rebound and um, you know, and, and show and play smart. Those are the biggest things. And then the results will come because of the talent discrepancy. As far as the lady Vols, uh, you know, I want to see obviously what this team looks like in their identity under Kelly Harper and this new coaching staff. I know ETSU's coach and Brittany Ezel, she is a fantastic coach that always gets the most out of her players, and she's in her seventh year there. And so they'll be they'll be well coached, and if Tennessee's not ready, ETSU will have some confidence. But we'll, I think talent can get Tennessee the, the, through this game for the Lady Vols, but I want to see how they play and what their identity is on both ends. And you want to see, uh, you know, maybe it's good. I'm sure it'll be incomplete in this game, but uh, you want to see them play with a better basketball IQ than we've seen in uh, in recent years for, for the Lady Balls. Let's talk to Jim. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Jim. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. You know, um, of course, I'm a worry ward anyway, and I'm feeling a little bit easy about going up to Lexington Saturday night. I think I'd feel a little better if we had played uh, better offensively this past Saturday. 
uh, obviously a lot on the line. My, my question is regarding injuries. Obviously, we know all about we know the quarterback situation, the Maurer situation, and, and the and the risk with Garantano. Do you guys have a sense or have have any information regarding uh, our overall health as far as the rest of the team? Vince, I think it's pretty good, although there were two offensive linemen that didn't play against uh, UAB, and that was Jameer Johnson and Darnell Wright. Uh, I I think there's a chance that they will be back. Uh, Theo Jackson didn't play at safety. I don't know if he'll be back. And then the Brian Maurer situation, they said he was ready to go last week, didn't play. We'll see about this week. And, and Vince, do you think some of Maurer's situation will just depend on how much he practices? I think, yes, how much he practices and how well he practices. I think Jeremy Pruitt wants to get a full week of prep for him for to feel like he's going to be able to perform on Saturdays, and he didn't have that last week. So I think that will be a big determining factor. If Maurer practices well and he gets that full full week of practice, which you expect that he would, then I, I would imagine he would they would go with him to start and then – have Garantano in uh, Garantano in that relief role, which he has been very successful in. Um, the only other one that I wonder about that I hadn't really heard about is is Greg Emerson in terms of health. Crock Garland got the start. Maybe that was just a a you know practicing better and and doing better. But I thought Emerson is having a a pretty nice year. So Garland got the start for Emerson. I wonder if he's banged up uh, a little bit. But yeah, you hit on the on the major ones in terms of injuries. And Pruitt said on. On Monday, that he felt like they were starting to get some guys back. Locklear would be another one uh, to potentially maybe get back in the mix. The the other question I've got regards a coaching search, and I'm very happy to say <laughs> this is not a tennis, Tennessee coaching search. It's the Florida State situation. Uh, you know they've got great history down there uh, under Bobby Bowden. They had uh, what was it, 14 straight years of a top five finish and. Not that many years ago when they won a national championship, but it's a mess right now. Is that a top ten coaching job? Vince, what do you think? Hmm. Uh, if it's if it's not top ten, I think it's very close top fifteen. I I still think that's a, a pretty prestigious gig, and even though there's not players as many players in your backyard there as there are Miami, Tampa, things like that. Boy, that 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 brand still carries a lot of cachet in that state. And I think you can still go national with that brand. I, I still think it's up there. I, I don't I don't have them listed or ranked in front of me, but I, I would say close to top ten. If not, then at the very least top fifteen. I'd agree with that. Well that this school obviously has a, a tremendous history. You don't have to go back 20 years to, to see some, you know, very positive history. And they are in the state of Florida, even though they're North Florida. Uh, if, if they get the right guy there, they, there's no reason they can't win at a very, very high level like they have in the past. Well, guys, good to talk to you. Have a good afternoon.
Jim, we appreciate it. Thank you. We'll get a break to join us. 656-9900-656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Vince Farrar joining us this hour for Sports Talk. The program today is at the Good Friend Tennis Center for the Knoxville Challenger. For all the schedule and information you need to know about this year's tournament, visit KnoxChallenger.com. This is Sports Talk on 99.1. The Sports Animal. Download the TuneIn app so you can take 99.1 The Sports Animal with you wherever you go. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. Vince Farrar joining us for this hour as uh, we continue from the Good Friend Tennis Center on UT's campus side of the Knoxville Challenger this week. You can find out all the information you need at KnoxChallenger.com. And uh, before we get back to the phones, and we do invite you to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. Vince, did you see the 2020 Tennessee baseball schedule's out? I have not seen that, John. What do you think? Well, it's very interesting, and it's a little different. Tennessee does not have a single midweek road trip. Oh, wow. So they, uh, they, have, they open at home against Western Illinois. Then they will go to, and that will be the, uh, the 14th, the 15th, and the 16th. Then they, the next weekend will play in the Round Rock Classic in Round Rock, Texas, against Texas Tech, Houston, and Stanford. Uh, they come home after a couple of midweek games to host George Washington. They then host Wright State, and then it's time for SEC ball. They uh, they host ETSU, and just in the lone meeting between the Volunteers and the Buccaneers this year, and then they, or next year, <laughs> they then go to South Carolina, home for Vanderbilt, home for LSU, at Missouri, at Alabama, and that's the first half of their SEC schedule. And there are a couple of midweek games filtered in. Then the second half of their schedule, home against Florida. Then they go to Georgia. They'll then play host to Kentucky, go to Texas A&M, and close out the regular season at home against Arkansas. Well, it sounds like there's not extended home or road series streaks in there. It sounds in and out. Is that, is that the way it looks like to you? Yeah, there are back-to-back home series in the first half, back-to-back road series in the first half, but then after that, it uh, it goes home, away, home, away, home. Right. Which I'll- is how you want to uh, position yourself going into the postseason. Not that Tennessee could tell the conference, here's how we want it. Right. <laughs> but it's a nice draw. I like it. It sounds good. It sounds balanced. And yeah. it'll be curious to... Hear what Coach Vitello, if it was just circumstance and not having those any road midweek games, or if there just wasn't an opportunity like they often do in piggybacking them with a an SEC road trip where they make more sense to where you can you know combine them to or from. But uh, but yeah, it sounds good. I'm looking forward to that uh, that that uh, Round Rock tournament. Uh, there's some really good competition. The way Texas Tech. Uh, plays these days and Stanford, man, that mm-hmm. is, uh, you talk about finding out about yourself. It'll be that weekend. Who joins us at 5.05 tomorrow, Jimmy? 5.05 tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Tony Vitale. Some, oh, that's right. Some Italian guy that runs the baseball program <laughs> in a tremendous way. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah, so he'll talk about the Orange and White World Series, the fact that he was on hand for Game 7 of yeah. the World Series uh, to, get, to get to see his good friend and former recruitee, or former recruit, Max Scherzer. Uh, so looking forward to catching up with Coach Vitello, but that's the 2020 Tennessee baseball schedule. Why don't we get back to the phones as Steve joins us. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hey, guys. Hey, Vince, John. Hey, Steve. Hey, a, a quick hello analogy. A quick analogy. Uh, yeah. You there? Yeah, just saying hello. Hey, a uh, quick analogy about our offense. Uh, it's been uh, a win's a win, and I'm happy where the, program's in, uh, the program is right now, very happy. Uh, but our offense has been pretty lethargic on drives that are our own. When we turn over the ball, and when we, when we get turnovers on defense, it seems like our offense has a ton more energy, and we take the ball down and we drive it down their throat. We put some points on the board, 14 points off turnovers against South Carolina, 20 on UAB. My only fear of winning out the month of November is if we're not getting turnovers, I don't think we're good enough offensively right now to go down and push it down your throat like a Kentucky game could easily be 13 to 10. I'm not sure we're averaging more than 10 to 13 points on drives that are our own unless the defense is getting a a turnover and we're coming out with tons of energy. Uh, What's your analogy on that? Well, the, you look at the drive that clinched the Mississippi State game, and that was sheer will and determination. I mean, Tennessee ran it down their throat, and then they had the 39-yard pass play that's, that's clinched it. I, I differ a little bit on the when Tennessee gets a turnover, they jump on it and drive down the field. Uh, two of those field goals they kicked, they didn't even get a first down. They had minus five yards and one yard. Another time they got on the plus 31. Um, I'm – uh, the two best drives they had didn't come after turnovers. There was a long field goal drive, and then there was a long touchdown drive that wasn't the result of a turnover. So I, I see that a little bit differently, but I do agree with your point about this. If they're not getting turnovers, I, I don't know if their offense can generate enough to beat to win two of the next three. Uh, I, basically, I in my opinion, yeah, in my opinion, the offense really generated about ten points against UAB when they weren't handed prime field position. Vince, you know this, Tennessee in the first half, five of their possessions, five of their nine possessions started in UAB territory. They took care of, they took advantage of some, but not all. Yeah, and, and that's where I agree with you, Jimmy. I, I don't think that that energy that maybe they had in against Mississippi State and South Carolina and trying to take advantage of uh, of opponent turnovers, that didn't really carry over. You got a bunch of field goals for the most part in that UAB game. They they should have and need to punch those in moving forward. Looking back at the last two games, UAB and South Carolina, Tennessee only has three double-digit drives. They they had a 17-play drive uh, early in the South Carolina game, but that ended on downs. Uh, that's when they weren't able to punch that in. 17 plays, 77 yards. They had 11-play drive. 56 yards, and that ended in a field goal. And they had an 11-play, 74-yard drive that ended in a touchdown. So it it has happened a a few times where they have gone down the field and gotten points, but it's not a regular thing. I I think also you have to factor in, especially in the South Carolina game, they had some quick strikes. So you'll take those over the long drives any day. And that's also another way you might be able to compensate for it. 
I, I just think it's it, when their offensive line is playing well and they get efficient enough quarterback play, I think they can do it some. Uh, but I, you know, if, if I'm them, you know, I, I, if I'm a fan, I would take those quick strikes any day because it saves some some snaps for your guys to where they can finish in the fourth quarter when you need a four minute drive to close things out. Steve, we appreciate the call. 656-9900-656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. More of the Vince Ferrara coming up on 99.1, the sports animal. Vince Ferrara joins us for hour number two of Sports Talk with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. We're here at the Knoxville Challenger, the 11th Knoxville Challenger, 2019. And, Jimmy, it's a week's worth of outstanding tennis. It is. You'll see uh, some of the better players uh, in the world. There are 15 players that have been ranked in the top 100 here. There's Tennis Sangren that's here. There are other Tennessee ties of players that are playing here, a doubles team a little bit later uh, that you'll be able to see, Timo Stoddard and Preston Tuliotis. Uh, you also um, will see a couple of guys that have – Won this tournament before. Michael Moe's one of them. In fact, one of the uh, former winners here was eliminated last night. Donald Young was here last night. So there, uh, there's some really good players. The Tennis Channel will also carry it. Uh, this is a this is, well, I'd venture to say the best Challenger event that's out there. The Knoxville Challenger. They're about maybe 16 or 18 right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them do a better job than what they do in Knoxville. For all the information you need, visit KnoxChallenger.com. Vince Ferrara with us again for the uh, rest of the hour, 656-9900, 656-9900. Vince, I want to ask you about this. Uh, we heard the head coach of Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt, say after the UAB game that his team was kind of on an even keel. Apparently, he hadn't been watching his kicker. What do you think of Brent Samagli and his emotion? You know, I like it. I think there there's a line there where kickers can maybe get too excited and pass that line. I don't know that I've seen it. I think when opponents start to take it as uh you know, as motivation because the kicker is getting animated, I think that's maybe where your line is, but I, I don't I don't mind his emotion and who's to question that with the success that he's had. I thought the your your question about what Brandon Kennedy told him when he went to break up a, a sort of a, a little scuffle between a, a UAB player and and Brandon Kennedy and he was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I got this. Yeah, I got this. Which is the exact thought that I had when we heard that that Pruitt say that Semeglia got in there. Um, but uh, but he's you know he had a great answer. He's like, "Well, I'd rather get a penalty than you." So (laughs) I don't know that Jeremy Pruitt would agree with that. A penalty is a penalty. Now an ejection, then that, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, that's a different story. Although there, there could, I mean, who's the backup kicker if he was to get ejected. So there's some value in some ugly as well. In addition to center, you know, Uh, what, what do you also think about Tennessee facing a pretty much one dimensional team in Kentucky? Kentucky's going to run it a lot. They're going to do it with their, I assume provided, Sawyer Smith's not there. Lynn Bowden is going to run it a lot. 
Uh, do you like Tennessee's chances defensively going against a team that is uh, going to be pretty much one-dimensional? Well, initially I, I say yes, but something tells me that Mark Stoops and that coaching staff, Eddie Grand, their OC, might have some some new twists, some wrinkles to bring to the table that Tennessee is going to have to be prepared for or adjust to during the game. Uh, I think this is one of those types of games where they'll, they'll they want to bring out uh, all the stops to uh, put out all the stops to, to try to, uh, you know, have Tennessee unprepared and, and force them to have to adjust. So, um, you know, but this coaching staff has done a real nice job on both sides of the ball, I think, in adjusting in game uh, during this recent stretch where the team has played better. So th- there's probably going to be some success for Kentucky. We're probably going to see more uh, big runs and busted runs, uh, you know, runs busted uh, for, for long gains. Explosive runs is what I was looking for uh, in this game than maybe we've seen Tennessee allow recently. I guess it was no, no run longer than nine yards in that UAB game. I think you'll probably see a little bit more of that, but I think Tennessee overall is going to be able to make adjustments. And I feel like Tennessee has been pretty good in short yardage situations, third and short, fourth and short defensively. And that's where I think Kentucky could potentially have some issues because Bowden is so elusive, but not the, not necessarily, you know, they're improving in, in those short yardage situations, even if they go jumbo. The one thing, another reason why I think Kentucky will have some success running the ball against Tennessee is because they have a very good offensive line, an underrated offensive line with some NFL talent on it. So uh, I think I think Tennessee will have some difficult moments, but overall I expect Tennessee to do a decent job in, in not letting that override any lack of passing game that they might have. When healthy, who is Tennessee's best quarterback? Is it Mauer, Garantano, Shroud? What do you think? You know what? It, it's it, it is it's a tough question to answer, Jimmy. Because if you think about it, this the the decisions of who you're evaluating has changed. When Mauer first came in as Tennessee's quarterback, when he first came in in relief of Garantano, that was a struggling Jared Garantano. I was one with no confidence and one that I think needed to sit and give somebody else an opportunity. And I think Maurer overall, other than those red zone red zone picks that he's had, I think overall he has play, he played well. However, you can't erase those, and you can't erase those for the memory of Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney. So those still carry some weight for Tennessee. We also don't know what Maurer is going to be like after suffering those concussions and it, you know, especially the second one. Uh, so I, I think we, we you, just assuming that you get the same Brian Maurer is, I, I, I think is an assumption that you, you can't make. We have to see what he's like. And plus Jared Garantano has been better during the stretch. There's obviously two really bad plays, especially the Alabama one that, that is part of the, the, your your factors in determining who the better quarterback is, you know that goal line against Alabama, and then in the words of Garantano himself, a stupid decision to throw that pick and throw it up for grabs off his back leg at the end of the first half that cost him points. So, but I think it's just it's a different scale than when Maurer first came in. I think fans would say, well, Maurer, he's better. 
well, is he? What's he like now? And Garantano has elevated his play. So I think that's why it's a little bit closer. I would still probably go with Maurer if he practices well, practices all week, and give him an opportunity to show me that he is still too young and immature to handle that and stay away from those really costly mistakes. I, I and, and then Garantino has been so good in that relief role as well. Uh, I, w- I would like to keep it in that range. So that's probably where I would go. But who's better? I still I still need to see more to make the determination post uh, those uh, those concussions from our. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, will get a break. We've got a final segment of this hour coming up to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. A final segment to hour number two coming up on 99.1, The Sports Animal. Where what Willis was talking about. 99.1, The Sports Animal. segment to hour number two of sports talk with jimmy himes i'm john wilkerson our guest this hour vince ferrara our own vince ferrara vince what will folks find these days at 991 dot tons especially now with the official overlap of football and basketball season we have all the preseason remarks of rick barnes and kelly harper from yesterday that's up in both video and audio form also Seven players that we talked to today, audio and video up uh, of that. And I know you guys will have uh, some of that for the rest of the week leading up to the Kentucky game, uh, blogs from numerous staff, and then also the show page, which if you go to the show tab, you can get the full station schedule. It'll tell you all of our schedule for this week. And now with games, there's Vol Network games, there's high school football games, there's uh, Tennessee football. There's the game day all day. There's a lot of moving parts with uh, with our schedule. So this is the time where you want to look at that full station schedule and the shows tab, and it'll tell you what's uh, what's coming up, what time, what frequency, because we split frequencies on uh, on games uh, and events, things like that. So uh, just spend some time. The blog section, the show tab, the audio, all of it is there for you, and um, just a an incredible amount of information there daily on our new website address, 991thesportsanimal.com. The old one still works if you if you you know mess it up or don't remember it, but uh, but yeah, make that uh, a bookmark and and uh, head there every day. And you've got uh, more high school football coming up this Friday on AM 990. You and Coach Mahoney. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing Bradley Central and at Farragut and Patrick Murray. Uh, from WBIR, he mentioned to me today, he went through the scoring ranks of the teams in the entire state, and Bradley Central is the sixth highest scoring t- team in the state of Tennessee. And Farragut had a come-from-behind victory against Bradley Central in week one of the season, so they're going to be going to want some re- revenge, and obviously to advance in the playoffs. Uh, hopefully, Farragut's continue to get, get healthier as the year has gone on. That's always a great place to watch football. It's going to be electric Friday night. And you have a pretty good game, uh, a pretty intriguing game on Friday as well there, Mr. Wilkerson. 
Yeah, looking forward to being on hand at Central, where the Bobcats, the defending 5A champs, play host to David Crockett. So it's the Bobcats and the Pioneers. Fired up for that one, as a Catholic does not play this weekend, but then next weekend travels to Memphis University School. But should be something to see. And uh, I'll say this. Back when Mike Keith and Pat Ryan called high school football, I believe it was a six-overtime playoff game between Farragut and Bradley Central. Really? Yes. Wow, okay. I remember listening to that. Boy, they, It was something. Boy, they, they, uh, they used to have the big-timers calling high school football. What happened to that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> they still do, at least for one of the games. <laughs> That's right. And Joel Silverberg, unfortunately, his season has come to an end. <laughs> there you go. On <laughs> 98.7 with Hardin Valley. But, uh, Vince, when you look at, for instance, tonight, you uh, you spoke with Jalen Johnson. And you said that he's going to be the uh, pregame interview on the Vol Network. What's it been like just to uh, talk to some of those volunteers who are hap- are hoping to take a big step forward this year, play the biggest role perhaps they've ever played in the orange and white, considering what Rick Barnes and company have to replace from last season? Yeah, it's one that's got to be exciting for them. And I know in standing next to Jalen Johnson and talking to him, as some of you might have seen in the exhibition game, he looks different. You know, it's not, he's added weight. He, you could tell his maturity level has increased and in his comfort in talking to the media and in his surroundings, his teammates. Every year he takes another step up and he's a kid that can shoot and has ability. His coaching staff has always showed, uh, confidence in him so he knows that he's got a chance to be very good but uh, to, to, to has a chance to be uh, a big part of this team but he also knows that it's about the defense that's what uh, what's the key he's got to make shots obviously but if he doesn't play defense Rick Barnes isn't gonna uh, leave him in there um, so yeah he knows there's an expanded role and I think you know, guys like Josiah James at uh, Josiah Jordan James uh, and then also Drew Pember, who's banged up with the uh, with the ankle. I'm not sure what his availability will be for tonight. Devontae Gaines, who's just a guy that just wants to be a sponge and take in any information he can and learn. Um, he's you know he's a little bit like Jalen Johnson. He's he's coming very thin. Going to have to work with Coach G a lot to uh, you know to beef him up some. But he's a guy that wants to learn. And all these guys because of the culture they have, because of the assistant coaches in recruiting, they know what kind of character and work ethic and coachability that these new players bring into the program. Those are the kind of kids that they're bringing in. They're they're not going to bring someone that doesn't fit. So I think that's going to be exciting that fans may not see the finished product. They won't see the finished product in a lot of these newcomers. But keep in mind, they are constantly going to improve and be works of progress. Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, Kyle Alexander, I mean, all those, so many examples. Jordan Bone, what they were early on was not what they were at the end. So give it some time. They'll get better as the year goes on. And uh, enjoy seeing them out there because I think they're, they're still going to be an exciting, fun team to watch. Vince, look forward to hearing your conversation with Jalen on the pregame for the uh, the Vol Network tonight, as well as catching up with you at the half. Thank you very much. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. And by the way, the, uh, for those that haven't seen the Knoxville Challenger 2019 logo that I just saw on Twitter on the on the Sports Animals uh, tweet for your show today, having that tennis ball replace the Sun Sphere in that classic logo, outstanding, great look for the Knoxville Challenger. Very impressed by that.
Very impressive. That is is. But uh, Vince, thank you as always. Thanks, guys.